Our gospel reading is a continuation of last week's, where Peter was graced to blurt out Jesus' true identity. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, did Peter understand the full meaning, the implication of those words? No. Nevertheless, Peter was clearly receptive to divine mystery and to be the human agent by which the Father would reveal to the disciples the church, his son's identity. And as the Son of God, Jesus praised this disciple. And he even changed his name from Shimon to Kepha, meaning rock. We use the word Peter. And that meant that Peter's life would quickly take on an entirely new trajectory with awesome responsibilities. As quickly, however, as the mystery of Jesus' identity was blurted out by Peter, just as quickly, Peter blew it. Now, as we heard, Jesus revealed his passion, the suffering he would undertake by the religious authorities, a humiliating death, and his resurrection. But Peter would have none of it. None of it meshed with Peter's notion of who and what the Messiah was supposed to be. Peter had no capacity for a humiliated and dead Messiah. And notice how Peter didn't even hear the words about resurrection. That's how much his mind shut down. Do we do the same to God when confronted with situations we don't understand? That don't fit into our perceptions of how things should and should not be? Do we shut down our minds to the power of grace? Peter was unusually diplomatic. He took Jesus aside, perhaps not wanting to embarrass Jesus, not realizing he was the one to go out to be embarrassed. And once alone, Peter, we are told, rebuked Jesus. That word in Greek, rebuked, carries a wide range of meanings, none of them pleasant. To chide, to reprove, to censure, to admonish strongly, to reprimand. In short, Peter took Jesus to the woodshed and read Jesus the riot act. And then, Peter openly contradicted the very one he was graced to reveal as the son of the living God just a few minutes earlier. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. What happened to Peter? The same thing that happens to us when divine love works outside our comfort zone. Peter allowed his fallen humanity to get in the way of grace, which is precisely why Jesus had to use such harsh words to get Peter back on track. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus changed Peter's name from Shimon to Kepha. Peter, rock, now he's changed it again. To what? Satan. Satan. 
adversary. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. That Peter didn't wither into the basic elements of the universe that very instant was itself a miracle. Now, we have to ask, was it fair of Jesus to so harshly berate Peter like that? After all, Peter didn't understand the fullness of who the Messiah is, what he came to do, and how he was going to do it. Consider this. When your best friend says or does something that greatly disappoints you, ask yourself, why am I disappointed? Why am I angry? You might discover that it's because you know, you have seen the potential your friend has, which most likely was the basis for the friendship, but it was chosen not to live up to it. It is in the very nature of genuine love of friends to want the best for the friend, for that person be all that he or she is capable of, to see him or her rise to the fullness of his or her potential. Jesus saw Peter as his friend, and so his very sharp rebuke was designed to shock his friend back into being what he was just a short while earlier. A soul so marvelously receptive to holy mystery, but now had to be receptive to the most critical of all holy mysteries. God will save humanity through the cross. And Peter, the rock, had to grasp this fundamental reality if he was to be the foundation of the church that Jesus personally established. The problem was, Peter did not yet see Jesus as his friend. Do we? Oh, we pray to him. We address him as Lord, Savior, and indeed he is. But do we ever talk to him heart to heart, friend to friend? The Son of the living God that Peter was graced to confess earlier revealed that he was to transform the cross from an instrument of terror and hopelessness into the gateway to glory. And he insists, insists, that all who will be his disciples must pick up their crosses and follow him. Jesus loved Peter too much. He loves us too much. To allow Peter, to allow any of us to retreat into our fallen nature's perception of things, which can only lead to despair and disaster. Peter needed, we need, to be re-grounded in holy mystery, which is the only thing that can give us hope, even though we have to wade through the dark moments of life. Jesus saw all the potential Peter had to be the rock as Peter's friend, 
the Lord did what he had to do to help Peter achieve his potential. Jesus sees each of us as his friend, filled with potential. And he will not tolerate anything that would threaten to derail that potential.